بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما إن شاء الله tonight we will start with the seerah the biography of the great Khalifa Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu and after Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu Umar radiallahu anhu is the greatest of the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and one of the greatest decisions that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu made during the end of his khilafah during the end of his period of rule one of the greatest decisions that he made was appointing Umar ibn al-Khattab as his successor. So who was Umar ibn al-Khattab? Umar was the son of al-Khattab ibn Nufayl. And he was from the tribe of Bani Adi. And this is one of the many sub-tribes of the Quraysh. So the Quraysh is the main tribe. And then it has many sub-tribes within it. And Bani Adi is one of these sub-tribes. And that is the tribe that Umar ibn al-Khattab was from. Now the father of Umar ibn al-Khattab, his name was al-Khattab ibn Nufayl. Al-Khattab was known for his harshness. And al-Khattab was upon the religion of the Quraysh, which was the religion of idol worship. So al-Khattab ibn Nufayl, he tortured his own nephew. Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufayl. And if you remember from the seerah, we spoke about Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufayl. He was someone who accepted Tawheed before the coming of the Prophet Muhammad So there were a few people of the Quraysh who realized even before the advent of the Prophet Muhammad there were a few people from the Quraysh who realized that the religion of the Quraysh was a false religion. They realized that these idols that the Quraysh were worshipping can give no benefit nor can they cause any harm. So there were a few people from the Quraysh, Alhamdulillah, who were guided to Tawheed. They realized that there is one Almighty Creator. They were, they were returned to their fitrah, to that inner sense that you know that there is only one Creator. So Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufayl was one of these people. Before the time of the Prophet ﷺ, he left the religion of the Quraysh and he realized that there is only one God worthy of worship. And Waraqah ibn Nawfal, the cousin of Khadija anha, he was also basically in the same state. He was also from the Quraysh and he also realized that the religion of the Quraysh didn't make any sense. So he was also guided to Tawheed. So there were few people from the Quraysh who accepted Tawheed, who realized that Tawheed, the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, was the right path. There were a few people before the coming of the Prophet Muhammad who realized this. And Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufayl, he was one of them. So Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufayl from the tribe of Bani Adi, he was tortured by his own uncle, Al-Khattab ibn Nufayl. And this is the father of Umar. So Al-Khattab ibn Nufayl, he tortured his own nephew because his nephew left the religion of the Quraysh and 
He practiced Tawheed. So Al-Khattab, the father of Umar, he was known for this harshness. He had this harshness. And Umar ibn Al-Khattab, he inherited this harshness from his father. So Umar was also very rough, just like his father. The mother of Umar ibn Al-Khattab was a woman from the tribe of Bani Makhzum. Bani Makhzum, that's another sub-tribe from the Quraysh. So the father was from Bani Adi, the mother was from Bani Makhzum, and both of these tribes are sub-tribes from the Quraysh. They are both part of the Quraysh. So the mother of Umar, her name was Hantamah bint Hisham al-Makhzumiyyah. Hantamah bint Hisham. And she was the sister of Amr ibn Hisham. And if you remember from the seerah, who is Amr ibn Hisham? Amr ibn Hisham is Abu Jahl. So the mother of Umar ibn al-Khattab was the sister of Abu Jahl. So Abu Jahl was actually the maternal uncle of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. Umar radiallahu anhu, he was born in the year 40 before the Hijrah. He was born in the year 40 before the Hijrah, 13 years after Amul Fil. Amul Fil, the year of the elephant, that is the year that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed Abraha and his army when they came to destroy the Kaaba. The Amul Fil, the year of the elephant, that is the year that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born. He was born in Amul Fil. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu was born 13 years after Amul Fil. So that makes the age difference between the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. It makes the age difference between them 13 years. So Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu was 13 years younger than the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, during his youth, he was well-educated. And he was from the elite of the Quraysh who actually learned how to read and write. Knowledge of reading and writing, that was considered a very advanced skill with the Quraysh. So those who knew how to read and how to write, they had a status, they had a position in their tribes. So Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, he was one of those elite who actually learned how to read and how to write. And he also learned business and he was successful in business. And alhamdulillah, he was very well off financially. The grandfather of Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu was Nufail. So Umar is Umar ibn al-Khattab ibn Nufail. So Nufail, the grandfather of Umar ibn al-Khattab, he was very widely respected in the Quraysh and he was actually someone that the Quraysh used to bring their arguments to. If, if members of the Quraysh had a disagreement or a dispute with one another, they would go to Nufail to judge between them. So he was very res respected and he was actually considered a judge of the Quraysh. So this is basically a basic background of the family of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu As for his physical characteristics, he was white with a reddish type of tinge. So he was light in color and he had some redness in his skin. And he was extremely tall and he was also very muscular. He was so tall that it is, it is mentioned that when he would sit on a horse, when Umar ibn al-Khattab would sit on a horse, his feet would actually touch the ground. Can you imagine that? 
when he would sit on a horse, his feet would touch the ground. That's how tall, that's how big this man was. Not only tall, but also very muscular as well. He walked quickly and he spoke clearly. And he was given the role of an ambassador within the Quraysh. So the Quraysh, they made him their ambassador. So if the Quraysh ever had to negotiate with other tribes, or if there was ever a, a dispute with another tribe, Umar radiallahu an, his job was to go and negotiate with the other tribes in order to bring peace between the Quraysh and other tribes, if necessary. But in general, the Quraysh, it wasn't a fighting tribe. Quraysh was more of a business-oriented tribe. So they would make their journeys to Syria and they would make their journeys to Yemen and they would do business and trade. So they were basically, for the most part, they were a business-based tribe. They were not a fighting-based tribe. There were other tribes in the Arabian Peninsula who used to earn their living through fighting. They would just go and invade other tribes and they would defeat them and they would take the spoils of war. And that is how they sustained their tribes. But Quraysh was not like this. They were, they were a business-oriented tribe and they didn't used to fight much. But if there was ever any type of dispute, then Umar ibn Khattab had the role of ambassador to resolve disputes. Now, during the early days of Islam, when the Prophet ﷺ was given the role of messengership when he was 40 years old and he started preaching Islam, during the early days of Islam, there were some members of Bani Adi, which was Umar's tribe, there were some members of this tribe who accepted Islam. Like his own sister, the sister of Umar ibn al-Khattab, Fatima bint al-Khattab radiallahu anha. She accepted Islam. Along with her husband, Sa'id ibn Zayd radiallahu anha. He was also from the tribe of Bani Adi and he had also accepted Islam. Sa'id ibn Zayd actually, he is the son of Zayd ibn Amr. Zayd ibn Amr, as we just mentioned, was a person who before the coming of the Prophet ﷺ, Zayd ibn Amr was guided to Tawheed. So his son, Sa'id ibn Zayd, he lived during the time of the Prophet ﷺ and during the messengership of the Prophet ﷺ. So Sa'id ibn Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufayl, he was one of the early Muslims and he accepted Islam early on. And he is actually one of the ten companions that the Prophet ﷺ promised Jannah. So he has a very high position in Islam, Sa'id ibn Zayd. And he was married to the sister of Umar ibn al-Khattab, Fatima bint al-Khattab. Also Naeem ibn Abdullah and others, a few others from the tribe of Bani Adi, they accepted Islam in the early days, in the early days of the da'wah. Umar ibn al-Khattab however, he did not accept Islam in the first stages. He did not accept Islam early on. And he actually, on the other hand, he participated in torturing the weak Muslims. In the early days of Islam, Umar he actually tortured some of the weak Muslims. And he was heavily influenced by his maternal uncle, Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl was the staunchest enemy of Islam. And Umar in those early days, he was influenced by Abu Jahl. And Umar in those early days, he tortured a number of the weak Muslims during that time. And this continued until the Muslims started to make hijrah to Al-Habasha, which is modern-day Ethiopia. When the Muslims were given permission to leave Mecca and go to Habasha and take refuge there because of the intense oppression and persecution they were facing from the Quraysh, the Prophet ﷺ gave them permission to leave Mecca and to go to Al-Habasha. 
From those who migrated to Habasha was a woman named Umm Abdullah and her son Abdullah. They were from the Muslims who wanted to leave Mecca to escape the persecution, to escape the torture, to, uh, to escape the oppression. They wanted to leave Mecca and make the hijrah to Habasha. So they knew that if the Quraysh found out that they were trying to leave Mecca and go to Habasha, that the Quraysh would stop them. They didn't want Muslims leaving Mecca. They wanted Muslims to stay in Mecca so they could continue to torture them. So when Umm Abdullah and her son Abdullah, when they decided that they want to leave Mecca and make Hijrah to Habasha, they decided we need to do this secretly so that the Quraysh will not find out that we are leaving Mecca so they won't stop us. So what they decided to do, this mother and son, they decided we will not leave Mecca together. Because if we leave together, people will notice that. Like both of them are going together. This is strange. Where are they going? So we will leave separately. If I go on my own and you go on your own, then people are not going to think that that's strange. So this is what they decided to do. And they decided that they would have a meeting point behind a certain mountain. And when they meet at that point, they would continue the journey all the way to Habasha together. But they would start out the journey from Mecca separately. This is the plan that Umm Abdullah made with her son, Abdullah. So Abdullah left first. The son left first. And he was the one, of course, being the man and being strong. He is the one who took all of the supplies with him and all of the food and all of the water that they needed for the journey. So he left first. He left Mecca. And he reached the meeting point behind the mountain. And he was waiting for his mother. And then his mother, she left. She mounted on her donkey. And... As she is leaving to meet her son, on the way, who does she run into? She runs into Umar ibn al-Khattab. She runs into Umar ibn al-Khattab. And now she's scared because she knows that Umar, he is one of the enemies of the Muslims and he's probably going to stop me from reaching my son and continuing the journey to Habasha. So Umar appears in front of this woman and she's scared. And he asks her, where are you going, O oh, Umm Abdullah? And then Umm Abdullah, at that point, she decided, okay, I'm just going to tell him the truth. I'm just going to tell him the truth and plead with him to let me go. So she said, okay, I'm going to leave Mecca. I'm going to Habasha. Please don't stop me. What harm is it going to do to you if I leave Mecca? How is that going to hurt you? So what benefit do you have from stopping me from leaving Mecca. So please, just let me go. I'm not trying to hurt you. We're not trying to hurt Quraysh. No, we just want to leave in peace. So please, please, let me go. And she was expecting that Umar is going to try to stop her because she knows his reputation. But instead, very oddly, Umar he didn't try to stop her. He just listened to what she had to say and, and he said, إِذَنْ هِيَ الْفُرْقَةِ Okay, so I guess this is goodbye. He says, goodbye. Go ahead. And then he actually said, Ma'akillah. May Allah be with you. So this is goodbye. May Allah be with you. Go ahead. So she's shocked. He's actually letting me go. And he's actually making dua for me. May Allah be with you. So she, she takes this as a victory. She's very happy, alhamdulillah. And she leaves. And 
she gets behind the mountain where she was supposed to meet her son. She meets her son there and Alhamdulillah they are able to continue the journey together. So when Umm Abdullah is reunited with her son behind the mountain, he's happy to see his mother of course and Abdullah asks his mother, when you were coming here, did anyone see you? And she said, nobody saw me except Umar ibn al-Khattab. And then Abdullah says, Umar saw you? Umar saw you? And he actually let you go? And then she said, yes, he saw me and he actually let me go. And not only that, as he was letting me go, he said to me, Ma'akillah, may Allah be with you. And then Abdullah said to his mother, he said, maybe you had hope at that point that he would become Muslim, that Umar would actually become Muslim. And then Umm Abdullah said, yes, I have hope that maybe still, inshallah, maybe Allah will guide him, maybe he will become Muslim. And then Abdullah, he said, Umar ibn Khattab become Muslim. He will not become a Muslim until his donkey says the shahadatain. If his donkey becomes a Muslim and says, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh, then only will Umar become a Muslim. Basically, what he's trying to say is that it's not going to happen. But this was a mistake. This, this is not the type of statement that we can make. Because Allah is muqallib al qulub. Allah is the one who turns the hearts. He can turn a heart from misguidance to guidance within the blink of an eye. And He can also do the other way around. Someone who is upon guidance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can cause that person to fall into misguidance. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for safety from this. So Allah is muqallib al qulub. So we can never say about a person that this person will never accept Islam. You should never say that about anyone. So after this incident, Umar radiallahu anhu, he started to think. He said, look, our own people, they're leaving Mecca and they're migrating here and there. They're leaving their own people. How has the Quraysh, which used to be so unified, now look at the Quraysh. It's breaking up and people are wanting to leave. Who is the person who is responsible for the breaking up of the Quraysh, for this disunification of the Quraysh? Who has caused this? And he actually blamed the Prophet Muhammad for this. He said before him, before Muhammad the Quraysh, they were unified, they were united. But now after Muhammad has come and he has started to preach this religion, you see the Quraysh is starting to differentiate. And they are losing that unity and people are leaving. So Umar, this made Umar upset. It made him mad. And by this time, it had been six years since the Prophet ﷺ had started his mission. Six years since the Prophet ﷺ received revelation in the cave of Hira. Six years had passed up to this point. And Umar radiallahu anh, at this time he was about 33 years old. And he started thinking like this, that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is responsible for the breakup of the Quraysh. So this made him angry. And this anger, it just built up inside him. He became furious. And he said, I will kill Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So he took his sword and he started walking in Mecca to find the Prophet ﷺ with the intention of killing the Prophet ﷺ with his sword. Now on the way, on the way while he was 
walking while he was searching for the Prophet he ran into Naim ibn Abdullah. Naim ibn Abdullah was someone who was also from the tribe of Bani Adi, from the same tribe of Umar. And Naim ibn Abdullah was a Muslim, but at this point, he had kept his Islam secret in order to avoid persecution from the Quraysh. So he was a Muslim, but the people didn't know that he was a Muslim. He was keeping it secret up to this point. So Umar didn't know that Naim was Muslim. So as Umar is walking the streets of Mecca trying to find the Prophet ﷺ, he passes by Naim ibn Abdullah. Naim notices something in the face of Umar, that his face seems angry, like he wants to do something. So he confronts him, he goes to Umar and he says, Ya Umar, what's wrong? You look upset about something. Where are you going? You have your sword, where are you going? And Umar, he says, I'm going to Muhammad. I'm going to kill Muhammad because he is the cause for the disunity that has come to the Quraysh. And then Naim, he's surprised at this and he wants to stop this. So he says to Umar, he says, if you kill Muhammad, do you think Muhammad's family is going to spare you? Do you think Muhammad's family is going to let you go? No, they're going to kill you. If you kill him, they will kill you in retribution. And then Umar, he said, I don't care. I don't care. I just want to finish him off. If I kill him and they kill me, okay, I die. But this matter is finished and the Quraysh can become united again. So I don't care if they kill me. So now Naim became very worried that this, this person is so serious that he doesn't even care about his own life. He wants to kill the Prophet Muhammad in such a way. So Naim wanted to stall Umar. He wanted to buy some time so he could go and warn the Prophet ﷺ that Umar is trying to come to kill you. So he, he had to think very quickly. What can I say to him to stall him? So he said to Umar, he said, look, before killing Muhammad, why don't you start with your own family first? Why don't you start with your own family first? And then Umar got surprised. What are you talking about my family? Who in my family is Muslim? And then Naim told Umar, he said, you know your own sister Fatima, she is a Muslim. Your own sister Fatima bint al-Khattab, she is a Muslim. And Umar didn't know that. And Naim didn't tell him that in order to bring harm to Fatima. No, of course not. He only did it in order to divert the attention of Umar for now. So he could go and warn the Prophet ﷺ about Umar's intentions. So... When Umar heard this, he was, he was so mad, he was furious that his own sister had accepted Islam. So, instead of going towards the Prophet ﷺ, Umar, he diverts his path and instead he heads towards the home of his sister, Fatima bint al-Khattab. And Fatima, she was married to Sa'id ibn Zayd. That was the brother-in-law of Umar ibn al-Khattab. And both of them had accepted Islam, alhamdulillah. So as Umar is going to the home of his sister, to confront them, Naim quickly goes to Darul Arqam. Darul Arqam was the secret house where the Prophet ﷺ used to teach the companions about Islam and about the Quran. So Naim quickly goes there to warn the Prophet ﷺ. And he gives the news to the Prophet ﷺ. He gives this warning to the Prophet ﷺ that Umar is on the war path and he wants to come and he wants to kill you. In the meantime, Umar, he reaches the home of his sister Fatima. 
And at that time, Fatima and her husband, Saeed, they are learning the Quran. They are studying the Quran with their teacher, Khabbab ibn al-Arat. So the Prophet ﷺ had set up these small groups. These small groups where the people would learn the Quran and they would study the Quran. So Khabbab ibn al-Arat was appointed to teach Saeed ibn Zaid and his wife Fatima bint al-Khattab the Quran. So at the time that Umar reached the house, Khabbab ibn al-Arat was there and he was teaching this couple the Quran. So before Umar knocks the door, he just listens to hear what's going on inside. And he could hear like a humming sound, like someone is reading something, but he couldn't make out what they were reading. Then he knocks the door and he says, it is Umar, let me in. So when Fatima hears that it's Umar, she knows that if he comes in and he sees what's going on, he's going to be very angry. So the first thing that Saeed and Fatima do is they hide their teacher. They hide Khabbab ibn al-Arat in a concealed area of the home. And then Umar radiallahu anhu, Umar comes in. And he immediately asks, what was that that I heard? I heard you guys were reading something. What was that that I heard? And they say to him, what are you talking about? I heard you guys reading something. Have you apostated from the religion of your forefathers? Have you left the religion of the Quraysh? And then Saeed ibn Zaid, in complete confidence and with, with courage and bravery, he says, we have become Muslim. We have accepted that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And then Umar, he was so angry to hear this from his brother-in-law that he hit his brother-in-law in the face. And his face started bleeding and he fell down. And to prevent Umar from continuing to beat Saeed, Fatima, the wife of Saeed, she came to block Umar from hitting her husband again. And he hit her as well. He hit her on the face. And then she falls down to the ground as well. So now Saeed and Fatima, both of them are on the ground with their faces bleeding. And Umar radiallahu anhu, he looks at them. And then he starts to feel some shame. Like, what did I do here? I hit my own sister in her face. I caused the face of my own sister to bleed. What kind of a person does this? He felt shame in himself. And then he calmed down. Then he calmed down. And then he calmly asked them, let me just see what you were reading, please. I just want to see what you were reading. And now he's calm. He's not angry anymore because he feels ashamed of what he did. So he asks his sister, let me see what you were reading. And then she says, no, this is the word of Allah that we were reading. This is the word of Allah that we were reading. I will not let you touch it until you go and purify yourself. You take a bath and then I will let you read. So he says, okay, okay. And he goes and he cleans himself. He takes a bath. And then they give him the page of what they were reading, the Qur'an. And it happens to be Surah Taha. So Umar radiallahu anhu, he starts reading from Surah Taha. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Taha ma anzalna alayka al-Qur'an litashqa illa tadhkiratan liman yakhsha tanzeelan mimman khalaqa al-arda wa-samawati al-ula الرحمن على العرش استوى له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض وما بينهما وما تحت الثرى 
وإن تجهر بالقول فإنه يعلم السر وأخفى الله لا إله إلا هو له الأسماء الحسنى And he continues to read these beautiful verses from Surah Taha. And Umar radiallahu anhu, he was an educated person. He knew the Arabic language. He knew how to read. He knew how to write. And he knew that these words are not the words of a human being. This has to be the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At that point, he realized it. And then after reading that, he said to his sister and his brother-in-law, take me to Muhammad. Take me to Muhammad. I want to become a Muslim. I want to join this beautiful religion of yours. And then Khabbab ibn al-Arat who was hiding, he comes out and he's very happy. And he says, I will take you. I will take you to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This is a victory for the Muslims, alhamdulillah. And then he tells Umar, he said, Wallahi, I heard the messenger of Allah. I heard the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. اللهم أعز الإسلام بأحد العمرين عمر ابن الخطاب أو عمر ابن هشام that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was making this dua to Allah ya Allah strengthen Islam through either of the two Umars Umar ibn al-Khattab or Amr ibn Hisham Amr ibn Hisham that's Abu Jahl so the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam actually made dua to Allah subhanahu wa taala ya Allah strengthen Islam through one of these two men either Umar ibn al-Khattab or Amr ibn Hisham. Both of these men, Umar ibn al-Khattab and Amr ibn Hisham, they were both people who had very strong personalities. So the Prophet ﷺ knew that if either one of them accepted Islam, that this would be something great for Islam. So he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now Khabbab, he says to Umar, he said, Allah has answered the dua of the Prophet ﷺ in your favor. Allah has chosen you instead of Abu Jahl to answer the dua of the Prophet So everyone is very happy now. Khabbab ibn al-Arat is happy. Saeed ibn Zayd is happy. Fatima bint al-Khattab so happy with this turn of events. Now Umar, he wants to go to meet the Prophet not to kill him anymore, but actually to become one of his followers and to accept Islam. So now Khabbab ibn al-Arat and Saeed ibn Zayd and Umar ibn al-Khattab, they head towards Darul Arqam to meet the Prophet so Umar can accept Islam. Now in the meantime, while all of this was happening, Naeem ibn Abdullah had already informed the Prophet and the companions who were with him at Darul Arqam that Umar wants to kill you, Ya Rasulullah. So now Umar is coming, but not to kill the Prophet but actually to accept Islam. But the Prophet and the Sahaba who are there at that time, they don't know that. They don't know that Umar has had a change in heart. So the Sahaba are worried and they're ready. They're ready that if Umar comes here, we are ready to defend our Prophet So now, Khabbab ibn al-Arat and Saeed ibn Zayd and Umar ibn al-Khattab, they reach Darul Arqam. And Umar, he still has his sword with him. He had put on his sword to kill the Prophet and he still had the sword on him. Even though now, He's not intending to use it, of course. So Hamza radiallahu anhu was there with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and some other companions were there as well. And Hamza had just accepted Islam a few days before this. 
A few days before Umar bin al-Khattab became a Muslim, Hamza had just become a Muslim as well. So Hamza was a new Muslim. But Hamza, you know Hamza, he was one of the most courageous of the companions of the Prophet one of the bravest companions, and he was one of the greatest fighters from the companions of the Prophet Asadullah wa Asadu the Lion of Allah and the Lion of His Messenger so when Umar came and the Sahaba, they're still thinking that Umar has come to kill the Prophet So when Umar knocks the door, Hamza asks the Prophet Hamza says, Ya Rasulullah, let me answer the door. You don't answer the door, Ya Rasulullah, let me answer the door. And I will kill Umar ibn al-Khattab with his own sword. He has his sword with him, I'll kill him with his own sword. I'm not even going to use my sword. I will take his sword and kill him with his own sword. But the Prophet wasallam says, no, 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 let Umar enter. And the Sahaba, they're worried about this. They want the Prophet wasallam to stay in the back. They want to handle this situation themselves. But the Prophet wasallam says, no, no, let him enter. And the Sahaba are ready to guard the Prophet wasallam if anything happens. And Umar ibn al-Khattab, an, he enters into Darul Arqam. And the Prophet ﷺ comes to him face to face. He comes to him face to face. And he takes Umar ibn al-Khattab. He holds him. And he shakes him. He shakes him hard. And he says to him, Ama ana laka yabna al-Khattab an tuslim. Hasn't the time come for you, O son of al-Khattab? Hasn't the time now come for you to accept Islam? And Umar radiallahu an, he is shaken and he actually falls down to the ground. And then he gets up and with humility, he takes the shahada, he accepts the shahadatain. He says, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. I testify that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah. And I testify that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah. That is the Islam of Umar ibn al-Khattab. And everyone in the room, they are all amazed and they are all overjoyed. And they all start saying takbir, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Everyone is saying Allahu Akbar. And they said it so loud, Allahu Akbar. These takbirs are going on so loudly that they forgot where they were. Remember where they are? They're at Darul Arqab. This is the secret house where the Muslims used to gather to learn from the Prophet ﷺ, the kuffar of the Quraysh, they didn't know about this location. But now they're saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, so loud, they forgot where they were, they're saying Allahu Akbar so loud, that it can draw the attention of the kuffar of the Quraysh to their location. And the Prophet ﷺ, he immediately realized this, that they could be heard, and perhaps the kuffar of the Quraysh, they will find the location. So the Prophet ﷺ immediately, he orders everyone to disperse. Go, go, everyone go home. So that the Quraysh would not be able to find out where these takbirs were coming from. And the Quraysh, they actually heard it. And they were wondering, okay, where is this coming from? And they came to investigate. But by that time, everyone had dispersed. So this is the Islam of Umar ibn al-Khattab. And he becomes so firm and so strong in his resolve from the first day. From the first day of his Islam, he wants the whole world to know that he is a Muslim. So he thinks to himself, the first day of his Islam, the first day of being a Muslim, Umar thinks to himself, who is the biggest enemy of Islam? 
So I can go to that person and tell him in his face that I, Umar ibn al-Khattab, I am a Muslim. Who is the biggest enemy of Islam that I can go and confront him? So he thinks to himself, who's the biggest enemy of Islam? Of course it is Abu Jahl. And that's his own uncle, his maternal uncle, the brother of his mother. So Umar, he goes to the home of Abu Jahl and he knocks the door. Abu Jahl answers the door. He sees his nephew Umar. He doesn't know that Umar has accepted Islam. And he says, Marhaba, Yabn al-Khattab. Welcome, O son of al-Khattab. Ahlan, bibni ukhti. Welcome to my nephew, the son of my sister. Welcome. Maja abik. What, what brings you here? Why are you here? And then Umar, radiallahu anhu, with full confidence and courage and bravery, he says to his face, he says, لَقَدْ أَسْلَمْتُ وَآمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, I've accepted Islam and I believe in, I believe in Allah and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then Abu Jahl's face changes and he's so angry. And he says, Tabbalak. He says, may you be perished. And he shuts the door in the face of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. And Umar radiallahu anhu is happy. He's very happy. Then Umar radiallahu anhu, he wants the whole world, he wants everyone to know that he is a Muslim. So he asks, he asks the people of the Quraysh, who is a person in the Quraysh who cannot keep a secret? Tell me someone from the Quraysh who if you tell him something, he will make sure that he broadcasts it to everyone. And they tell him it's Jamil ibn Mu'ammir. Jamil ibn Mu'ammir, he's a person who can't keep a secret. You tell him anything, even if you tell him to keep it a secret, within a short period of time, the whole Quraysh will know what you told him. That's Jamil ibn Mu'ammir. So he says, okay, Jamil ibn Mu'ammir, he goes to find Jamil ibn Mu'ammir. He goes to the Kaaba, and the Quraysh, they used to have these majalis, these gatherings around the Kaaba. So he goes, Umar goes to the Kaaba to find which gathering can I find Jamil ibn Mu'ammir? Finally, he finds Jamil ibn Mu'ammir. He goes to Jamil ibn Mu'ammir. He says, Ya Jamil, I need to tell you something. And Jamil says, what is it? He says, I have accepted Islam. I have become a Muslim. And Abdullah ibn Umar, the son of Umar, he was a small child at that time. And he narrates this incident. He says, I saw my dad, I saw Umar go to Jamil ibn Mu'ammir and tell him, I have become a Muslim. And Jamil, without even asking for any explanation, without even asking for any background, without asking why, when, without asking anything, he just got right up from the majlis and he started going and telling everybody, Umar has become Muslim. So Umar sees this and he's happy. This is what I wanted. This is exactly what I wanted. So everyone came to know that Umar ibn al-Khattab is now a Muslim. So, of course, the enemies of Islam from the Quraysh, they were angry at this and a number of them gathered together and they actually confronted Umar ibn al-Khattab and they started fighting him physically. They started physically beating him. But Umar is a big guy, very strong guy. He's fighting back. And this fight, it lasted a long time. It lasted for hours actually. Umar fighting with the, this gang from the Quraysh. Eventually, Umar starts getting tired. And a man comes, this man comes who is wearing very fine clothing. He comes and he tells the Quraysh, what are you doing? Why are you fighting with him? Don't you know that if you kill him, if you kill Umar, that his tribe will not let you go? 
that his tribe will make sure that they take revenge? Let him go. Just let him go. So they realize this, that yeah, if we kill him, then his tribe is not going to let us off the hook and we're going to be in big trouble. So yeah, they left him alone. Later on, later on, the son of Umar, Abdullah ibn Umar, he asked his father, Oh, my father, who was that man that day that stopped the people from fighting with you? Jazahullahu khaira. May Allah reward him with good. And then Umar radiallahu anhu replied to his son, La jazahullahu khaira. May Allah not reward him with good. That was Al-As ibn Wa'il. And he was a kafir and he died upon kufr. May Allah not reward him with good. He didn't, he didn't stop them from fighting me because this was the truth. Rather, he did it because he was afraid that there, this could provoke a civil war within the Quraysh. So he didn't do this for Allah. So we don't say Jazahullahu Khaira because he did this for his own reasoning to prevent inter-tribal fighting within the Quraysh. Now Umar radiallahu anhu was a person who had no fear of reciting the Quran in public, of praying in public, no fear at all. He would go to the Kaaba in front of the Quraysh, he wouldn't care, he would pray publicly, he would recite the Quran publicly, and the Quraysh would generally just leave him alone. But one day they got very angry. He's doing this every day. It's like he's doing this in order to provoke us. That's what they thought. Every day he's coming and doing this. Okay, we let it go once, we let it go twice, but every day. So one day they got really angry, and again they gathered and they started to fight him. And Umar radiallahu anhu, he fought back until he became tired. And he wanted this fighting to end. He was getting tired. So to end the fight, what did he do? He looked for the most important person of the Quraysh who was in the area. And he found Utbah ibn Rabi'ah. Utbah ibn Rabi'ah was considered one of the leaders of the Quraysh. So Umar took him and he pushed him to the ground and he sat on him. He sat on Utbah ibn Rabi'ah and he put his fingers in his eyes. And then he told Utbah ibn Rabi'ah, if you don't tell the people to stop fighting me, I will poke your eyes out. I will make you blind right here, right now. And then Utbah, he says, okay, okay. And he tells the people, just leave him alone, leave him alone. So the people out of respect to Utbah ibn Rabi'ah, they said, okay, okay, we'll leave him alone. And they left Umar ibn al-Khattab alone. So this is how Umar ibn al-Khattab dealt with these people, with such confidence, with, with such courage, and with such strength. Alhamdulillah. Now up to this point, up to this point, a number of Muslims had kept their Islam secret because they were afraid from the persecution of the Quraysh. So they would pray and they would read Quran and stuff, but in their own homes, quietly, privately. But now after the Islam of Umar ibn al-Khattab, this gave the people courage to openly practice their religion. Umar radiallahu anhu, he went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he said, Ya Rasulullah, alasna bil mu'mineen. O Messenger of Allah, aren't we the believers? And the Prophet وسلم, said, Bala, yes, we are the believers. Then Umar عنه, said, Alaysu bil kafirin. Aren't they, aren't they the disbelievers? The Prophet وسلم, said, Bala. Then Umar said, Alasna al haqqi wa hum al-batil. Aren't we upon the truth and they are upon falsehood? The Prophet وسلم, said, Bala, yes. And then Umar said, Fafim al ikhtifa. So why are we hiding ourselves? He says, I swear, Ya Rasulullah, by the one who brought you up in the truth, by the one who raised you, by the one who gave you this message in truth, I swear by Allah that we will 
come out openly in front of the Quraysh and we will openly proclaim our Islam. And the Prophet accepted this. And he realized that now with Umar being a Muslim, that the Muslims, they don't have to practice Islam in secret anymore. They can do it openly and they have this strength and this power now. Up to that point, there were 40 Muslims from the free men. If you don't include the slaves or the women or the children, there were 40 free men Muslims at that point, 40. So the Prophet ﷺ arranged these 40 Muslim men in two lines, 20 and 20, with Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib in front of one line and Umar ibn al-Khattab in front of the other line and the Prophet ﷺ himself in the middle, in between those two lines. And then they marched on the streets of Mecca proudly and loudly proclaiming Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. They went and publicly and loudly proclaimed this in front of the Quraysh. With Hamza in front of one line and Umar in front of the other line. Two very strong personalities and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself in the middle. So imagine this. Imagine the power of this scene. Imagine what fear it struck into the hearts of the Quraysh. So the Quraysh, they were speechless at seeing this. And this was the turning point. This was a turning point where Muslims felt that they don't have to hide their religion anymore. Now we can openly practice Islam. And for this reason, the Prophet ﷺ gave Umar ibn al-Khattab the title of Al-Faruq. Umar is Al-Faruq, the one who differentiates between Al-Haq wal batil between the truth and falsehood. And Ibn Mas'ud said, after Umar became a Muslim, then we could go to the Kaaba and we could pray openly. Before Umar, we were scared to do that. But after the Islam of Umar, the Muslims, they felt comfortable going in public and praying at the Kaaba in front of the Quraysh without fear. So the Islam of Umar ibn al-Khattab it was a turning point for the Muslims walhamdulillah. And this continued up to the time for the Hijrah to Medina. When the Prophet wasallam was finally given permission to leave Mecca and make Hijrah to Medina. Ali radiallahu mentions regarding the Hijrah to Medina that I don't know anyone who made Hijrah to Medina openly. Everyone who made Hijrah to Medina, they did it secretly to make sure they wouldn't get caught by the Quraysh. Except one person, Umar ibn al-Khattab. He's the only one who made his Hijrah to Medina openly, publicly. He actually went and announced it to everyone before he left. So Umar when he was ready to make his Hijrah from Mecca to Medina, he put on his sword, he took his bow and his arrows. He went to the Kaaba where the gatherings of the Quraysh were sitting. He went to the Kaaba. He made tawaf. He prayed two rakaat by Maqam Ibrahim. And then he went to those majalis. He went to those gatherings of, of members of the Quraysh around the Kaaba one by one. He went to those gatherings and he said to them, Shahatil wujuh, that may your faces be disfigured. I am making Hijrah to Medina now. I am leaving Mecca. I am going to Medina. Man arada an tathkalahu ummu aw yutim walada 
أو يرمل زوجة فليلقني وراء هذا الوادي. He says to them, I'm making hijrah to Medina. Whoever wants for their mother to lose a child, or whoever wants their child to become an orphan, whoever wants their wife to become a widow, then meet me behind this valley. I'll make sure that you get them. And of course, do you think anybody followed him? Do you think anyone tried to fight him or stop him from making hijrah to Medina? Nobody did. And he made his hijrah openly like that. This was Umar ibn al-Khattab. Look at this personality, radiallahu anhu wa arbah. So next week, inshallah, we will speak about Umar radiallahu anhu in Medina and we will speak about his firmness on the day of Badr, bi-ithnillah. Jazakumullahu khayra, wallahu alam. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.